The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Hey, Andrew. Uh, yes, Jaylen. Have you ever done something thinking that you were doing the right thing and it completely backfired on you? Of course. <laughs> Why do you ask? Um, well, there's this woman. Yeah, great story. Yeah, Whistler woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was heading to work uh, one day on a stretch of highway from uh, Pemberton to Whistler. It was last July. She drove up behind a vehicle in which a driving lesson was taking place. And to clarify, the vehicle was clearly labeled mm-hmm. as such, a student mm-hmm. driver. Yep. So um, this woman decided to get right up close behind the car, honked the horn, mm-hmm. and uh, was, you know, gesturing for the student driver to move over to allow her to pass. But it took about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and when frustration she... And frustration, yeah. and she makes the decision that she's going to pass the student driver on the right side mm-hmm. over a solid white line. So she was, she was furious. She was upset. She couldn't believe that this had happened. She thought oh. that the, the driving instructor was, in fact, telling the student to block her. and Play, to, Playing games, yes. she said. That's what, he wasn't teaching her to drive. Mm-mm. He was playing games. And she documented the whole thing. She had her phone in That's hand. Right. She was taking pictures so that mm-hmm. she could prove what was going on. Um, turns out she wasn't the only one taking pictures. No. Uh, the driving uh, instructor's car was equipped with... Uh, camera dash cam and also a rear window cam and had she known that when she went to the detachment the whistler rcmp detachment (laughs) to report that the driving school vehicle was traveling below that 90 kilometer an hour Mm -hmm. zone between pemberton whistler she might have thought about not doing so because well she thought she had an ironclad case against them the police accepted uh her uh her proof and evidence and they then talked to the driving instructor who provided the video Mm -hmm. camera footage which also by the way collaborated her story of exactly what happened and the result was $500 in fines to her. Two of them. Uh, yeah, $109 for crossing a solid white line, which she clearly does on the on the video, and $368 <laughs> for use of an electronic device while driving, which she readily admitted to when she called them out. Yeah. Said, I've got pictures. I was, oh, taking, I was taking pictures. pictures. <laughs> that was not a good idea. So she was planning to contest the tickets, but uh, apparently has um, some struggles with time as well. She um, had uh, an appointment court appearance on Monday, didn't realize it. Um, she said uh, she was caring for her newborn. Hope the newborn wasn't in the car. Mm-hmm. Couldn't make the three-hour drive to court at that time. Didn't realize she'd missed her court appearance. Lost See, her case. It's all over the place, it's, right? It's very telling, actually. The aftermath of the story is actually almost as telling as the story itself. So, she's frustrated. She's behind what she believes to be a slow car. She's mad. She wants them to pay for that um, because it's delaying her. So she's got the pictures and she's got the description mm-hmm. and she passes them and angrily shakes her fist. All of that is because that car, those people ahead of me, they are delaying me and they must pay They're for that, right? Purposely doing yeah. it. But then to miss her court date because she couldn't understand the court system, she said, uh, I tried to get it rescheduled. I don't understand the court system and then I missed my day in court. So now, it, it, her fault, it's it's the driving instructor and the new driver's fault that she was late. 
It's the court system's fault that she doesn't understand the court system. Yeah, that she doesn't know how to move a court date. It's it's everybody, no matter what's going on in this woman's life, it's everybody else's fault but hers. And by the way, I didn't, I haven't talked to her, reached out to her, but, uh, and I hope nobody else does. If she failed to appear, she'll also have a failure to appear ticket issued. So I, I hope she knows. Well, I hope she doesn't know that, because the next time she gets pulled over, that will come up. (laughs) Even after you dealt with the initial uh, charge, the failure to appear stays, right? You Mm -hmm. still have to deal with that as well. You know, I remember taking my driver's lessons because it wasn't that super long ago. I was 21, 22 Mm -hmm. years old when I took my driver's lessons. My young drivers of Canada with all the 15 and 16-year-olds there in good old Thunder Bay, Ontario. And I can remember, you know, know, trying to keep that steady speed. You're learning. You've never... You, you well, know, that's, that's what, what it's, the it's driving lessons. instructor said, right? If you've ever, it's a funny thing. We even, forget. We do. And even as an experienced driver, if you're getting your oil changed and they say, okay, rev it up to, you know, whatever, 3,000 and hold it there for five seconds, it's sometimes, even as an experienced yeah. driver, hard to get your car to rev at a certain speed, right? It takes a steady foot at a certain amount of pressure. But that, that's exactly what the driving instructor said, that that's one of the hardest things for a new driver to do is to maintain speed. Mm-hmm. And what he had recommended was, let's just slow down and basically encourage her to pass or, you know, when uh, when they're in a passing zone and then, or she'll back off and you'll get yeah. a little bit of breathing yeah. room, right? But I got to tell you, when I was teaching Maddie to drive and we picked a parking lot mm-hmm. off hours on a weekend where there was nothing to hit, and we're just driving along roads between parking spots that are empty, and somebody happens to come the opposite way, and as new drivers will, I think it might have been Maddie's first time behind the wheel, she kind of went, oh, I don't know what to do, and she kind of slowed down, Mm -hmm. uh, which in no way affects the woman coming towards her, except that she wanted to turn, so Maddie was now, you know, and she rolled down her window and yelled out, I can't yell out exactly what she did, but learn to... That's what I'm trying to do. To drive, yeah. It's like, that's exactly what I'm doing here, You know, when I see vehicles that have new driver on their their back window, um, probably because they have dealt with something like this up until that point, or they have heard about something like this, because people can be real, you know what. Mm and, and if you if you're driving a standard too, you're learning on a standard. Oh, I, know. I can remember being in Regina. Now I'm 28 years old, <laughs> and I'm driving a pickup truck, a standard pickup truck, and I stalled that thing through I think three sets of lights, <laughs> trying to get it going because really? I I learned how to drive a standard. Like I I learned on a standard, but I had driven. I d- didn't drive. So my buddy's like, "Well, you can take this." I'm like, "I don't have, don't know how to." Mm-hmm. Through three sets of lights. But when you it was see- horrific. <laughs> see, I've always driven a standard, but when you see a car that's clearly marked student driver, uh-huh. don't you give them a little I grace, do. Yeah. right? Like, let's not uh-huh. honk the horn or tailgate them or whatever, because whatever it is you're observing, uh-huh. there's likely an instructor pointing that same yeah. thing out to them. And and for them to learn, it would be much easier to have the instructor say, okay, uh-huh. you actually need to be in the left-hand lane, as opposed to him or her saying uh-huh. that as you're honking the yeah. horn and tailgating, right? Like... We want good drivers out there. I mean, think about, you know, standing outside a classroom window at a high school and yelling that somebody in the back row is stupid because two they don't know. Two plus two isn't yeah. five. <laughs> yeah, learn your math. Right? Like, okay. Honking a horn. <laughs> yeah, you know, come on. But, but having said that, then we turn around and we do it all the time. 
on the roads. You have people mm. tailgating, swerving, swerving into yep. you. Just you name it. Yeah. Because apparently you're better than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I shrug my shoulders quite a bit. I do the big, what was that mm-hmm. thing? It's kind of passive-aggressive, I realize it. Saw it again today on the way here. Just uh, no use of turn signal again. I don't want to get going oh, on this because yeah. you know I get all worried. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like, you know the turn signal. Let me just say this. You know the turn <laughs> signal, first of all, not optional. But the other thing is, it's not to tell me what you did. It's to tell yeah. me what you're going to yeah, do. Exactly. So don't lane change and then, oh, yeah, I forgot to flip on the right turn signal. Oh, we know what you were doing oh, you know, now. Can I just throw this one out from yeah. last night? The swerve, turning off of uh, Roper Road, turning left onto uh, 91st. Mm-hmm. You get into the lane, to the closest lane first, then you always. indicate going over to the next lane. Right. You don't do what I call, and I always have lovingly called, swerve. the Sioux Swerve or the yep. Thunder Bay Swerve. Yeah. You don't do that because, hey, guess what? I'm now trying to get over there. If we all know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Traffic flows beautifully if we use the lanes we're, that are designated for our use. Get into it. Indicate. I know. Indicate. It's not that hard. And then move. Jalen Nine. This is this this story is almost almost good enough to save for the big blue folder for tomorrow. Mm. But it, it kind of related because we were talking about driving just okay. a moment ago. Um, and and out of and we talked about that woman who got charged five hundred dollars two yes, tickets yes, in BC. Yes. Well, this is a story also out of BC that I just found fascinating to read. It it, it almost reads like a joke. Uh, but here's what happened. So according to court documents that were just uh, made available. Wednesday, uh, Devin Webb, Angelo Passerin, and eight other uh, eight others traveled to McBride, BC, back in March of 2013. So this goes back a ways. Uh, uh, the group was headed to the uh, Mount Renshaw area to do some snowmobiling, which they had done together before. So here's what happened: After lunch, Webb was snowmobiling when he hit a snowdrift. Uh, but when he hit, uh, but when he hit the brakes, the the snowmobile pitched forward and down, and it threw him off his snowmobile. So he he's thrown from the snowmobile. Now snowmobile and uh, CDUs and so on, you're supposed to connect the ignition key yeah. to you your wrist like or, or a, something. An immediate stop switch Right, or so that when, yeah. uh, if you get thrown off, it stops, but he apparently had not done that. So now, the riderless snowmobile then went over a 100-foot cliff and then through a 20-foot powdered ravine, and then, according to witnesses, who were all friends, continued to go at top speed for over a kilometer. So imagine that, a snowmobile, uh, a driverless snowmobile at top speed for over a kilometer. Well, it turns out about a kilometer ahead of the group was more members of the group. And at that moment, his friend was on foot going to the aid of his sister, whose own snowmobile was stuck in deep snow. So he had his back turned to this snowmobile racing at him at high speeds. Other members of the group tried to warn him, but over the sound of the snowmobile and the distance, they couldn't hear. So the snowmobile ran him over. Um, He sued. And the judge has now decided that uh, he is responsible, even though he wasn't on the snowmobile, that it was reckless. Uh, The judge saying it would be far-fetched for a reasonable person to foresee that an unmanned and moving snowmobile was a real risk in that area, frequented by other snowmobilers. Therefore, um, 
the responsibility falls on the shoulders of the individual who's who was supposed to be in charge of that snowmobile. Um, it's just really, really it's a bad re- luck on, exactly. on a number of... But, you know, I, I, I agree with the judge. Had they had the emergency stop on there, my gosh, my, my treadmill has an emergency stop right. on in case I fall off that, and right? I and, know it, you know, and I feel bad. I feel... I, I feel well, I kind of feel bad for the the guy whose snowmobile it was, but I feel really bad for the other guy and the fact that they were all friends. Well, yeah, exactly. He had some pretty serious yeah. injuries, and that's what he was suing for. Um, the judge the saying that the uh, standard of care was somewhere. not being used. Yeah. But and, and but it's no different, I suppose, that if you said, "Well, I forgot to put my car in park." And uh, it rolled down the, you know, and hit mm-hmm. somebody. Well, it'd be a no-brainer. Yeah. Well, obviously that's your fault. If you're right? driving with por- uh, brakes, it didn't work. Exactly. It's just one of those things, though, with a snowmobile that you would think that you're all traveling as a group, and there's this snowmobile, and you know what they sound like, whiny. I mean, if it's at full speed, as witnesses said. So, and I'm not saying it. The guy who got run over is not to blame here. But it's just weird that he wouldn't turn around if he heard a snowmobile coming at him at high speed for a kilometer. Well, I don't know if, he, well, I mean, if there's other snowmobiles around, there's all yeah. sorts of snowmobiles, and he was doing something. The fact that it traveled for a, a kilometer and Without, hit, yeah. I'm like, come on, that's just like that. That's, that's a really, really bad day. Yeah, that's snowmobiling. crazy bad luck, is what that is. That's that's throwing a you dart backwards, blindfolded, and hitting the bull. I would have gone home and wrapped myself in bubble wrap for at least a week, probably. <laughs> yeah thinking, you know, what else could happen? I'm going to get struck yeah. by lightning. I'm going to get, you know, whatever. But that's brutal. Yeah. And the fact that the reason he was standing there is he was trying to help this guy's <laughs> sister who was just stuck in snow. So here he's helping the guy's sister and his snowmobile runs him over. But like you said, that's just crazy. That The fact that the snowmobile wouldn't shut off on its own. I, You know, I know that when the key's in, it, it keeps running. But And I guess the snowmobile has no way of knowing there's no driver. But the fact that it would go in a straight line basically to where... The other snowmobilers were never turned, never fell over, never ran into anything, just kept going for a kilometer. That's bad luck. You would think if you took your hand off the throttle, it wouldn't keep going, though. But I suppose, is there a way to stick it on? Or yeah, I'm sure that there's a yeah. lock on it. Yeah. There there are. I, it, I'm not I'm not sure, but I would guess that there there could be. I mean, like. I know there's on motorcycles, right? Yeah. Like you can, I can't remember, there's just a toggle switch of some kind where you can just leave it slightly on or whatever so maybe that's the case here but yeah just a weird bit of bad luck but that's a whole what's that you know have uh, no luck if it wasn't for bad luck yeah exactly boy oh boy oh boy i'm trying to think Mm. Of anything that like, yeah, there's nothing you can't liken that to anything. I think. In well, your own no, n- not with the injuries. I remember my my ex husband. So he had a big, um, you know, trailer where he kept all of his tools and stuff for when he was building houses and stuff. So one that you'd pull behind the the pickup truck, yeah. like you've you've seen them. Mm-hmm. So he hired a kid to come out and, and work for him. <laughs> About two days later, um, his uh, the the carrier was all broken into all of his tools were stolen everything and of course the kid in question the kid that he just hired didn't show up for work mm. so he replaced everything got the new trailer replaced everything and a week later it was stolen again no way yeah actually i uh, having said you know everything i just said when i got my first standard and i had learned on a standard but then my first car was an automatic but then i got my first standard and i was so used to you you pull up you, if the key was out the car won't roll mm-hmm. but on a standard it will if you don't put on the emergency brake or leave it in gear right so i pulled up to work and um 
and didn't put anything on. I went into work. And when I came out, the car was gone. <laughs> and I thought, oh, somebody's taking my car, right? And I asked, and nobody knew anything about it. And then I just saw in the mud, I worked at a truck yard, so there's mud, not a paved parking lot. I saw the wheels, and I thought, well, I'll just, just follow, follow the them. Right? So it went uh, through the parking lot, across a road, through a gate, like an open gate uh, for a pipe yard, went between, oh, got to be 20 rows of pipe, and was just resting gently on the other side. <laughs> Didn't hit a thing. But it's an embar- It's a walk of shame of sorts to try and go... Of sorts? Yeah, that's yeah, no, a walk of shame. <laughs> and no workers phoned or anything and said, oh, by the way, your car just went by backwards. Nope, nobody mentioned it. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.